friends, Romans, mystery machines, lend me your ears. This is Head, Heart, Gut, the friendly debate show where there's no right answer, just the best answer. Every month we take an iconic set of three items from pop culture or the world we live in and pit them against each other. First, each of our contestants will present their choice, answering our questions on the definitive survey of greatness. At the end of each episode, the other contestants will score them based on their head, heart, and gut, and we will ultimately decide a winner of these three survey rounds. In week four, we turn up the heat, where a special guest judge will lay down a ruling in a formal, structured debate. This week, I, Eric Silver, am joined by my fellow contestants, Julia Shafini, arguing on behalf of Appa from Avatar The Last Airbender, and Rowan Ellis, arguing on behalf of Toothless from the How to Train Your Dragon series. And I will be arguing on behalf of Scooby-Doo from the Scooby-Doo oeuvre. Let's get it going. The way that we always say turn up the heat, I, I'm honestly very surprised we don't have a Guy Fieri section in the Survey of Greatness. Guy Fieri. <laughs> Rowan's saying it with the proper name. His, his yes. actual surname, me, top Guy Fieri fan. Yes, very important. But like, I feel like the option would be, if this was a dish made by uh, the mayor of Flavortown himself, what would it look like? What would the like parts of it be, etc.? Honestly, I I feel so conflicted about the Tinder profile. We might as well just swap that in. I'm kind of into it. That's very good. Hey, everyone, get in the comments. <laughs> Tell us how you feel about Tinder profile. How do you feel? Do you want to switch a turn, make this a meal? Bring it to Flavortown, which is you make a meal version, a uh, food representation. Do you want to give in to these cats? Cowards who can't write a Tinder profile, then sure. I can write a Tinder profile. I chose not to. <laughs> I'm, I'm very torn because actually, uh, obviously, food is my first love and therefore I, I would be very fine with that as well. Same. It's very funny you say that because so many of us never used Tinder. I used a lot of OkCupid, but I never got into Tinder. But a lot of people like found their partners before the the boom of, of Tinder specifically. So like Moya is the only one who writes actual Tinder profiles because she actually used it, which is very funny to me. This is how I feel about the trading card section in that I have never traded any cards, so I don't really understand. But I... Just I just went with my gut on that one instead. So we'll see how that turns out. They, did, they didn't have like Pokemon cards or something when you were like a kid in... Not that I used or traded. I think the closest I ever got was maybe like my brother's had like the Simpsons top trumps cards. That was yeah. probably the, the level I'm working at. So yeah. Remember, the trading card is for any type of TCG. So that's totally fine. So those, that, those count if you want to make... That. Could be like a baseball card or yeah. something. Oh yeah, because uh, famously the UK trades baseball cards and I'm super Super familiar. Famously, you guys love baseball. Well, luckily for me, I mean, I'll get into it in my episode, but How to Train Your Dragon has trading cards within the movies for Hell the dragons. Yes. So I kind of lucked out on that one. That's very cool. That's no, very good. Though they do have, in the UK, they have a TCG. And you, you, if you get ginseng or you get greed oh, or Oh, boo, 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 boo. 
Mike would have loved that if he was here, just for the record. <laughs> but Mike would have uh, done a, a better pun yes. on top of what I just That's said. That's true. Yeah. But first, let's talk about Scooby-Doo. I love that little doge. And definitely the longest running out of all of the uh, folks here and the oldest dog, although he is canonically seven years old at all times. Scooby-Doo was invented in like the late 60s, in like 1969. And you can tell by just the vibe of the whole show. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, let's get it. Let's just get into the, my Scoobalicious man that I have here. The headline, I could go with one of the main theme songs, Scooby Dooby Doo, Where Are You? But I would rather go with the theme song from What's New Scooby Doo, one of the later TV shows, because it was it was sung and scored by Simple Plan. Sure was. I am pop punk until I die. So my headline is, What's New Scooby Doo? We're coming after you. We're going to solve that mystery. I see you, Scooby Doo. The trail leads back to you. What's new Scooby-Doo? Does that imply that Scooby-Doo is truly the villain of every episode of uh, What's New Scooby-Doo? <laughs> yes. The trail leads back to him. All the clues. He gave you all the clues, Mr. Detective. <laughs> the, snow, the snowman. <laughs> Ruh-roh, I gave you all the clues. I feel like we should mark Eric down one point every single time he does a Scooby-Doo impression during this bit. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. that's just mean. <laughs> I love it. I love Scooby's voice, but we'll get to it. Just as a quick summary, if you don't know who Scooby-Doo is, he is a big brown Great Dane-esque dog who has black spots. He and his friends, uh, four kids and their dog solve mysteries, stay groovy, eat a lot of food, and create hijinks. And at the end, the monsters are usually almost always fake and they pull off the mask. That is where you might hear, I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for you meddling kids. That is where that comes from. Notice how they don't mention the dog in that, by the way. Mm -hmm. And you're a stupid dog, too. And yeah. then Scooby goes, hee! Yes, see? Oh, no, I did another impression. Uh, Rowan, I'm sorry. Half a point off. Mm -hmm. I feel oh, like no. half a point's fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to do a trading card here, and I feel like this this trading card uh, series is a collection of like stars from television because Scooby-Doo is an incredibly long-running media property in general. Like, wild. Back in 2004, Scooby-Doo actually broke the world record of most episodes of a cartoon comedy series. This was their 350th episode, which passed The Simpsons at 335. I'm pretty sure The Simpsons has more then, but it was in the 2006 Guinness Book of World Records. I also know Guinness is a scam, but this is what we have to live on. So, pretty pretty close. Um, here are the hard numbers, though. 13 television series, 45 movies, 12 specials, 15 comic series, 20 video games, and six stage plays. Six stage plays? Six where? stage plays. <laughs> like Explain said, it to me. I like how you said where. Where can I go to see these? Where were they performed? Well, I can tell you about the most, uh, the Scooby-Doo stage play that was going to go up in in 2020, which was called Scooby-Doo and the Lost City of Gold. This was reported on by Deadline. With a mix of singing, dancing, puppetry, aerial maneuvers, and interactive audience response video, what? the live entertainment spectacular Scooby-Doo and the Lost City of Gold will kick off a five-year, 30-country global tour of arenas. Yeah, man. It's an original concept book, music, and lyrics by two folks who worked on Ice Age Live. What? Which toured 48 countries and grossed more than $100 million. How? So it was kind of huge. The only problem is uh, it was supposed to start in March of 2020. 
So, oh, boo. Hey, this feels like a real uh, Spider-Man into the dark situation. Yeah. Yep. Or turn off the dark. I'm sorry. Wow, Julie, I can't believe you got that wrong. Yeah, Julie Taymor wasn't involved here. The first line of the Deadline article was, SpongeBob starred on Broadway, so why shouldn't Scooby-Doo hit arenas? Oh. Uh- very accusatory from Deadline. I mean, like, the SpongeBob musical won a bunch of awards that year, right? Like, it was actually good. I mean, like, who knows? Maybe the Scooby-Doo, if Scooby-Doo had been allowed to do aerial tricks, as it seems to suggest <laughs> from that description, maybe it would have won awards. I have to imagine it's like whatever the monster or the ghost is, is probably doing the aerial tricks and it's not the puppet of Scooby-Doo, but God willing. We can only hope. Uh, yeah, let's get, give a Tony to Scooby-Doo. Can we get on that? I would really like that. Can we get a Tony for Scooby-Doo specifically, please? Scooby deserves a Tony. If Nathan Lane can have a Tony, why not Scooby-Doo? An excellent question. That's mean to Nathan Lane. Nathan Lane's a good actor. great. I am pitting two things against each other, much like the Deadline (laughs) article. (laughs) So, time to make the comparison. And the logical choice was Nathan Lane. Was Nathan Lane. Obviously. Obviously. All right. Let's go to the three best qualities. Uh, one, Nathan Lane. Just kidding. <laughs> yes. Tell me more about Nathan Lane. <laughs> the, <laughs> the best animal companion, Nathan The best Lane. animal companion was Nathan Lane. I mean, we, he could have been an option. Timon could have been an option. He could have been. Oh, Timon and Pumbaa was on yeah. the board. Can't yeah. believe we left no Timon and Pumbaa it. on the board. That would have been huge. I feel like it's difficult to have animal companions when everything is animals. Yeah. That does, it, feels re- it would feel weird to me if we were like, who's the best human companion in this like entire <laughs> human show. And then it's just about Doctor Who. Oh my god, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's the fair. only option. Oh man, Rowan, can we do a best Doctor Who companion episode? Would that be cool with you? Can that be the one where I'm on with you and Jazza? Yes. Oh Perfect. my god, amazing. Uh, I was gonna choose Jake the dog for a hot second there. And also then I was good. like, I don't I don't know if that counts. I don't know. I mean, his name is Jake the dog. He is the, yeah, that's true. He is the dog. You were just um, all in the dog zone when you were picking I do love, out, huh? I was, I was truly in the dog zone. Well, that's actually my first best quality. He's a good dog, guys. I appreciate Appa being giant and lovely and fluffy. And I appreciate Toothless as being, as we discussed, the equivalent of coyotes <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the last place. But like, sometimes we, I can get the closest to Scooby-Doo in real life because he's a good dog. Uh, Iwato Takamoto got his start working on Disney films before he segued into the Hanna-Barbera world. And he drew the original sketches for Scooby and based the dog on inverting a Great Dane. There was a lady that bred Great Danes at Hanna-Barbera. Uh, and she she showed me some pictures and talked about the important points of a Great Dane, like a straight back, straight legs, small chin, etc. But I decided to go to the opposite and give him a humpback, bowed legs, big chin, and such. Even his coloring is wrong. I just really fucked up this dog. I fucked up this dog. And like, but still, people keep posting photos saying that my dog looks like Scooby-Doo, even if he's not actually a Great Dane. I can like, maybe I will pet a Scooby-Doo at one point. And I appreciate that he is at least a little close to real life. I'm going to go with number two, though. Here's where the magic realism comes in. Rutro, he can talk. Can, can he, Eric? <laughs> he definitely can. He can communicate. He's trying. His excessive use of the letter R is called uh, rotacism. So that's a real, it's a real thing for people in the speech world that mm. they uh, named a word for it. But like, how clutch would it be if your animals could talk to you? 
Like, how wonderful if your pet came up to you and told you exactly what you wanted instead of, like, your cat screaming at you from across the room and hitting your glass off a table or your dog looking at you and then barking and then looking at you and barking. Well, see, that it raises the question. Scooby-Doo has human-level intelligence. But yes. if your animal could just talk tomorrow, it would be like, squirrel, there's a squirrel out there. <laughs> Dad, squirrel. Squirrel, though. I'm not trying to have a conversation with Scooby-Doo, but I want Scooby to tell me what he wants. If he can communicate that he's scared, that he's hungry, that he can be bribed with Scooby snacks, he understands reward punishment. Like, that's enough. That's all I want. That's that's just a dog, Eric. That is just a dog. But he can say it. But he can say it out loud. Appa can't speak, unless in a dream sequence. And I don't think Toothless can speak, even though he's in memes. He is in memes. That's how he communicates. He communicates through memes only. So I'm going to say talking is very good and your two choices cannot talk. <laughs> yeah, but mine's voiced by D. Bradley Baker. So. <laughs> <laughs> My Scooby-Doo is also voiced by cartoon legends. So let's just hold on to that. I will say, though, that Scooby is a mood is my third uh, best quality. <laughs> Always scared. Check. Doesn't want to do anything. Check. Bribed with food. Check. And haven't we all dreamt that we wanted to eat those big sandwiches, the big sandwiches that him and his best stoner friend are just out there vibing, going to the kitchen as fast as possible and fixing something from the fridge. I 100% agree with that big fucking mood from Scooby. My issue with Scooby is that his existence in the group is counterintuitive to what most of the group is trying to achieve. (laughs) What do you mean by most? What do you mean by most? So Daphne, Velma, and Freddie are all trying to solve mysteries and are going to scary places to figure out what's going on. And then Shaggy and Scooby are over there just shaking and being scared all of the time. Wouldn't you stop being friends with the other three if you were constantly terrified by the situations you found yourself in? This smacks of a group project with two people who are not pulling their weight. Does. Your choice is one of them, Eric. Mm-hmm. Your choice is one of them. Uh, yeah, Scooby is a big mood. If I saw a monster, I would also run away with a montage going on. I don't but know. But then, what Eric, you would stop being friends with the three friends that keep bringing you to haunted castles. It's more like the haunted castles keep following them, and yet they don't enforce the boundaries. So there must be something good happening there. I'm going to go ahead and say that Scooby and Shaggy do have a reason to hang out with their best friends in the world. Maybe they don't know anyone else with a car, and that's enough if you're a teen that you got to hang out. With the person with the mystery machine. I also feel like Shaggy is canonically extremely wealthy or like comes from an extremely wealthy family. I could be wrong about that, but he has a fancy his name is Norbert and he has a fancy last name. Scooby's name is also Scoobert. His name <laughs> canonical, his name is Scoobert Do. <laughs> so I think they come from like a fancy family, but I don't know if Shaggy is rich. Okay. I I will look this up between now and the judgment round and decide whether or not Shaggy is extremely rich or not. (laughs) Then he could just buy friends that don't take him to haunted castles. Fair. Very fair. He can buy his own car. Um, Maybe he can't drive just because he's high all the time. Anyway, I'm sorry. Move on. Maybe. Okay. Conspiracy theory time hit. Maybe he's so wealthy that he is the investor behind all of these abandoned fairgrounds, which Mm. is causing all these issues in the first place. It goes goes deep. It's deeper than we realize. Maybe Shaggy's the one hiring all of these people who are like pretending to be monsters so that his Mm -hmm. friends have things to do. Yeah. He just knows 
knows his friends really love to be scared and he's like, I'm not into this, but you know what? I'm going to make this happen for them. My dog, a second thought, really. He's just going to have to deal with it. <laughs> Shaggy is so rich that he's just constantly putting on like murder mystery dinner parties for his friends, but for a much larger scale. Yeah. This got out of hand. This definitely got out of hand. You guys, it's like you you are on Reddit. It's like, guys, what if Shaggy was in a coma the whole time and his friends are standing around him and his dog and he wishes his dog could talk and then the Rugrats were there and they're all dead. Gross. Stop. Let's talk about Fight Club really quickly. Some of these monsters are incredibly powerful and the Scooby-Doo gang has defeated them. But Scooby-Doo specifically? Scooby, the gang and Scooby-Doo wasn't, Scooby-Doo is always involved with the fight final plan to the defeat the monsters at the end. So I will give all these W's to Scooby. In Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island, Julia's favorite movie. It is my favorite uh, there, movie. <laughs> there are real zombies and real werecat ladies who, one, incredibly strong, two, had razor sharp claws, and three, had voodoo dolls that could, in fact, control you. And four, terrible Cajun accents. Terrible, that's also dangerous. In Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost, uh, Tim Curry played an actual real warlock who had real terrible warlock sure powers. That was the second time he had done that, too. Yeah. In Scooby-Doo and the Cyber Chase, the phantom virus was real and warped reality, which is dangerous. <laughs> and if we're even talking about, those are all from movies, if we're talking about in the original TV show, the Tar Monster, which was like 10 feet tall and just made out of tar. Very scary. The Ghost Clown, one, was a clown, two, could actually hypnotize you. And Scooby defeated them all, not to mention all of the monsters coming back in the live action movies, and they were the real version of those monsters. So, like, he has a lot of W's, man. I know they have a dragon and a 10-ton sky bison, but, like, Scooby has faced warlock and magic before, so I think he can do okay. Appa was part of a full-scale war effort, but sure, Scooby-Doo stopped a tar monster. Yeah, and Scooby was part of World War II and fought the Nazis, so. I thought the show started in 1969, and he's canonically seven years old. He wasn't alive when the Nazis were in power. I didn't know if you would notice that. That's fine. (laughs) All right, I'm going to flip these. I'm going to do fun fact first because it goes into the Dwayne Rock Johnson factor. The fun fact is, y'all, there are so many celebrities on the Scooby team. The Scooby has met so many celebrities. Can we talk about my favorite one really quick? Oh, I I am 100% sure I'm going to listen. It. Go so, for Julia, it. Do you it. will interject when, when I get there. I'll ping you when it's ready. Yeah, let me know. Um, even all the way back in the 70s, Scooby has met the Adams family, met Sonny and Cher, met Phyllis Diller, Dick Van Dyke, the Harlem Globetrotters, Don Knotts. In uh, 13 Ghosts of Scooby Doo, Vincent Price is there. Ding, ding, ding. I was going to ask if Vincent Price was on the list. Of course. Amazing. Yes. He, uh, he, he doesn't play himself, but he plays like a Vincent Price lookalike. Character, so, yeah. pretty close. Yeah. Um, in What's New Scooby-Doo from 2002 to 2006, let's put on our fucking uh, time-traveling hats. Talk about Ryan Sheckler. Let's talk about Mike Piazza, oh. JC Chazé, Simple Plan, and Smash Mouth. Right now that there is a new Scooby-Doo uh, TV show running on Boomerang called Scooby-Doo and the Guess Who, which I think is all about meeting celebrities. <laughs> so Scooby-Doo has met Chris Paul, Penn and Teller, Jaleel White as Steve Urkel, Weird Al, Sia as herself, Keenan Thompson, Whoopi Goldberg, Halsey, Steve Buscami. And then there are the wild, wild special TV crossovers. Julia, let's talk about the wrestling ones, yeah? 
Yeah, sure. That's not the one I was thinking of, but we could talk about WWE's crossovers with yeah. uh, with Scooby Doo. Oh, that's what I assumed it was. Well, there are some Riot Wild ones. Uh, Scooby has done two with wrestling: uh, Scooby Doo WrestleMania Mystery in 2014, and Scooby Doo in WWE Curse of the Speed Demon in 2016. There was also a Supernatural episode where the Winchesters and Castile were. Uh, I think it was an episode of Supernatural that Scooby Doo was on. Yeah. Um. There's one with Kiss. Yes, that was the one I was thinking of. I was like, Gene. Simmons 2015 so the kiss has been kissing for a long time mm-hmm. and then Gene Simmons uh, shows up but my personal favorite which I'm going to watch with Amanda very very soon in 2018 there was Scooby-Doo and the Gourmet Ghost <gasps> which co-stars Bobby Flay and his cat Nacho Giada De Laurentiis and Marcus Samuelson and his wife I mean, there were so many better options when you started saying the title. Not Guy Fieri. That would have been, you know, yeah. Redmond. It's just like anyone but Bobby Flay, the most boring chef in the world. It's more wild than anything else. I'm not going to enjoy this movie, but I will watch it. <laughs> but I'm gonna experience it. Exactly. So with Dwayne the Rock Johnson, cultural whirlpool, and future president Dwayne the Rock Johnson, how has he not had a Scooby Doo movie yet? Well, so he missed out on the WWE one because yes, he- I checked that. It was too late in his career for him to be like, you know, still on the WWE payroll in that he'll come and do his voice in an animated series. Right. Because like The Miz will do it, but not The Rock by that point. And like John Cena, like this is uh, not like height John Cena, but like John Cena trying to transition into Hollywood John Cena. Sure, So sure. John Cena's in it and he's just like John Cena. Oh, yeah. The uh, the Rock was already doing Fast and Furious movies by the time that happened. Yeah. But like he could probably have like his own. It's Scooby-Doo x The Rock. Some sort of, I'm going to do this just, I can just come up with this off the top of my head. This is a Samoan Mm. ghost or a monster. They go to Hawaii or they go to Samoa. They're hanging out. It's tropical. The Rock is there promoting something. (laughs) The new Fast and Furious movie. (laughs) Exactly. It's pretty much Fast and Furious, but then the Rock gets to do his favorite thing, which is to promote Samoan culture. And like, that would be perfect. I I looked this up. I'm this is me trying to pronounce something. Everyone give me give me a shot here. Uh the Tanifa are large supernatural beings that live in deep pools or rivers, dark caves or the sea. Uh that it could be dangerous. They're kind of like monsters that are important to the general mythology of Samoa and other Pacific Islander mythologies. Th- th- there could be a monster. Uh, anything. Like let's just do it. Let's throw it together. And the rock already has uh VO chops and singing chops mm-hmm. from Moana, so we know he can do it. That's the thing. He has that Disney money already. I don't think he needs the Hanna-Barbera Universal money. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Um, I do want to put a little button on this just at the end. Uh, Rowan, do you know who Courage the Cowardly Dog is? The name rings a bell, but I, I wouldn't be able to pick him up in a police lineup. It was an extremely creepy Cartoon Network series that ran in like the early to mid 2000s, I want to say. That explains yeah. it. I uh, very much had four TV channels growing up, so I that's not have gotten the Cartoon Networks. Um, I don't recommend watching it even as an adult. It still scars me. <laughs> it's really weird. Like the art style was very strange, but it was very much like aping that there was a scared dog, but he was like protecting his like country house and his two. <laughs> his mom, Muriel. Yeah, yeah Muriel and Eustace. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but there's going to be a crossover between Scooby-Doo and Courage the Cowardly Dog coming soon. And like, y'all, I know IP is bad. And we saw that from Space Jam 2. <laughs> so and like Warner Brothers is just trying to turn it out. But like, I'm excited. It's going to be good. OK, you'll have to watch it and let me know because I still can't really watch Courage the Cowardly Dog. It's too scary. It's coming out in a little while. I will update and let everyone know how much how good or not good it is. If it's better than Space Jam 2, I'll take it. 
Did you do your Tinder profile? Oh, shit. I didn't do my Tinder profile. We were talking about skipping it so much. I did have a Tinder profile. Do you want to tell us your dish you would make for Scooby-Doo instead? <laughs> no, no, no. I prepared this. Scooby is the perfect wingman. Aren't the rest of the Mystery Machine gang just like definite people you might want to date? Hey, would you like two different types of queer ladies? <laughs> would you like a hot bisexual lady and then another like kind of nerdy hot bisexual lady? Would Here you like go. two different types of bisexual <laughs> ladies? Would you like two different types of himbo? A Scooby will hook you up with whoever you want. And Scooby just wants what's best for the mystery folks because he doesn't like being scared, but he does like his friends and he will hook you up if you hit him up on Tinder. It's a real like shared Tinder account. You know how like six bruvs all have the same Tinder account and you no. can like choose which one from a group from a group uh, photo. Is that a thing that they do? I just enjoy the idea of just like it's all group shots. You're like, you have no yeah. idea who you're going to get on the date. Someone's going to turn up. You're like, who is the common factor in this group? Like you go from picture to picture, be like, all right, well, three of these guys are in this one. And then they're like, wait, is it the dog? Am I dating the dog? <laughs> but like, there, you can imagine a group photo and then like one, two, three, four. Would you like blonde with ascot? Would you like stoner? <laughs> Would you like nerdy, sexy, queer lady? Would you like femme, queer lady? Pick my number and rut row, I'll hook you up. <laughs> rut row, I'll hook you rut up. Row. It's very funny. You'll be saying jinkies all night. Yikes. Wow. Yikes. <laughs> terrible. Terrible. All right. Let's give you a score. <laughs> yeah, please score me. Score me. All right, Rowan. We're going to now judge Eric and Scooby-Doo with our head, our heart, and our gut, scoring them on a scale from one to five for each. So, Rowan, let's start with head. How are you feeling about the like statistics and the facts that uh, Eric provided for us today? There were so many of them. <laughs> they, they were coming out of, coming out of, boom, 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 boom. So many facts. So I feel like on the fact level, that's high. Yeah. Yeah. I would be cool with like a four and a half or a five, depending on how generous you want to be. We were generous to you. So let's go that's five. Fair. All right. Five. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, let's move on to the heart. How passionate you think Eric is about Scooby-Doo? See, Eric seemed to be passionate about Scooby-Doo as a franchise, but I didn't necessarily see a lot of uh, the character heart and love for the character of Scooby. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I think that Eric like really likes the history of Scooby-Doo and kind of like his role in the group. But I don't think like I didn't feel the love for Scooby-Doo as a whole, except for the one section where you're like, he's a mood because he's scared all the time. And he's a good dog. He's a good dog, Brant. So I would I would say like a three, three and a half. I say a three for that one. Okay, so oh. a three. Cool. And then finally, let's go to the gut. Did Eric convince you that Scooby-Doo is the, the best animal companion here? Like, was his argument particularly persuasive? So I think that I was ready to be persuaded, but then I think you really hit on it, the idea of, you know, who was actually defeating all these monsters? I didn't mm. really get a sense of, you know, what was Scooby doing in these? It was very like, here were the monsters, and in the end they were defeated, but there was not really a sense of like, who was doing it. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm not as convinced as I wanted to be on that one. Yes, I, I feel like, and this is a, a personal bias that I was not convinced past otherwise, that Scooby-Doo, when it is the case that Scooby-Doo, quote unquote, defeated the monster, it's because he like accidentally fell down a trap hole and landed on the person and they were able to pull the guy's mask off. Mm -hmm. But that, was there any other choice? I mean, usually it's Velma is able to be like, well, we've set an elaborate trap for this man. And now we yeah, know Velma that Velma was the correct choice of best animal companion. For yes, clearly. 
clearly, clearly. <laughs> I just think Scooby-Doo is a difficult choice in the sense that, like, I picture him as part of the gang and not a particularly useful part of the gang. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think I'm I'm on a 3 or 3.5 on that one as well. How do you Shit. feel? Let's do 3.5. Yes. I think that's generous. So yeah. I believe, Eric, that makes your score... 106? Wow. Oh, my God. Uh, 11.5. Clap 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 clap, 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 clap. Very good, sir. Very oh, good. man. I was, uh, I did choose last because you two brought your choices to me. And Scooby like, Doo's a great choice. Like, it's genuinely. not great enough. It's just not great enough. I gotta, like, yeah, I need to find out more facts about Scooby himself. I think I was leaning too hard about on the general The franchise, yeah. He, then it's called Scooby Doo. Like, his name is always in the title. So maybe I was giving him that, but you're That's right. That's fair. That's fair. So next week, I am going to be taking on my favorite animal companion. And my argument is going to be, drumroll please, anything but toothless. Except it's 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 literally going to be toothless. (laughs) Perfect.